Welcome to the Every Voice Now podcast, where we bring voices of color into the spotlight. In every episode, you'll hear stories of our authors of color, how God led them to write their books, and the challenges they had to overcome along the way. In the spring of 2021, InterVarsity Press staff were surprised to learn that publisher Jeff Crosby, who had served the organization well for 23 years, first as the VP of Sales and Marketing, and then most recently as the publisher of IVP, was leaving. He'd taken a job at the trade organization overseeing all of the industry, the Evangelical Christian Publishers Association, and his term at IVP would end that summer. While all of us who knew Jeff believed this was a great move for him and we wished him well on his transition, a question loomed large for us all and for all those who cared about the future of our 75-year-old publishing house. Who would take the reins at InterVarsity Press? A nationwide search ensued and by late summer, the announcement was made. Jeremy Eccles, previously IVP's Director of Finance, Fulfillment, and Operations, had been named the new president and publisher. I'm Helen Lee, the Director of Product Innovation at IVP, and I'm delighted to introduce today's story, The Leadership Journey of Jeremy Eccles. So this will be a little different than some of our other episodes that feature a writing and publishing journey, but we think you'll appreciate Jeremy's journey nonetheless. Now on to today's episode. As someone with minimal social media presence and a character that prefers to stay out of the limelight, Jeremy's name might not have been familiar to those in Christian publishing who were processing the news of this transition at IVP. But for any of us who had come to know and appreciate her, the choice seemed entirely and completely obvious. Former publisher Jeff Crosby had this to say about Jeremy's appointment. When in 2021, Jeremy Eccles was hired as the president and publisher of IVP, I was delighted for a number of reasons, but chief among them were these three. First, her commitment to the mission and the people of IVP. Second, her demonstrated ability to lead organizational change where such change was needed. And third, her commitment to the multi-ethnic values of IVP. I've seen all of those things in action in her short time as president and publisher. So not only was Teremi the right person for the job at this moment in IVP's history, but she was also a historic choice as the first woman of color to lead IVP. Her appointment generated waves of support and enthusiasm from industry leaders of color, including literary agent and editor Javon Bolden. To see a woman of color take the lead at a Christian publisher who has led in having one of the most diverse publishing programs in all of Christian publishing is really a beautiful thing. It speaks to their commitment to meeting the growing demands of their diverse and global audience. The story of Teremy's journey to lead IVP is one of quiet faithfulness perseverance, and prayer. In today's era in which Christian leaders appear in the news for one misdeed after another, or for seeking the spotlight in ways that can prove harmful for themselves or for those who they lead, 
Teremi's example is one that stands apart, and it provides a welcome model for Christian leadership that's not often heralded in the public eye, but that reflects humility and desire for Christ-likeness that the church could use more of, quite frankly. And careful observers of Teremi's life would likely have known that she would end up at a publishing house. Here's Teremi reflecting back on her childhood. I would read all the time. I would sit out on the porch, people would be playing and everything, and I would be reading books. I have always loved books. I love that there's a thirst for knowledge. You learn so much when you read a book. You can take yourself away from where you are and go into a new place. Um, you have the a, a possibility of expanding your mind and learning new things with regard to, you know, new knowledge, new tasks, new, new ways to develop as a, as a person. Um, you can restore your soul. Uh, the books can, books can restore your soul. Um, so there's a lot. And, you, and in a lot of ways, you get to do things. Uh, you get to read about things that you may never even experience in your whole life, but you get to walk in someone else's understanding of some of those things. So I was always a book reader. But despite her initial love for books, Teremi ended up in a completely opposite field, specializing in accounting. By this point in her adult life, she'd become a Christian, and she wanted to know how she could use her vocational expertise for God's purposes. I was um, really trying to uh, give my life over to the Lord in new ways, and one of those ways was to say, okay, Lord, if you can use an accountant, then I would love to work in Christian ministry. And at the time, I was thinking to myself, "Eh, you know, God can't use an accountant. What would he do with me? And then the next day, literally the next day, I walked into our church and on the on the wall was a sign that that um, that's had Christianity Today was looking for a business manager. And so I applied for the job and I ended up getting it. That was my foray into publishing. I had no idea that I wanted to be in publishing at all. Really, my heart was really just for God to use me in some way that he could actually use my skills in a way that would be helpful to the ministry. And it just happened to be in a publishing company. So just following that path and is God uses you in so many unique ways in ways that you, you say to yourself, oh Lord, I don't even know how to do that. So how are you going to, it's like, I just have to lean on you. Jeremy ended up leaning on the Lord for nearly 20 years, rising to the top levels of leadership at CT, including serving as chief publishing officer and publisher of Christianity Today. But she's not one to boast about her journey to the top. She typically shares about how resistant she was along the way. But in the end, her obedience to God allowed her to continue up the masthead at CT through the years. Her reliance on God was clear to anyone who took the time to look more closely at her career. Publishers Weekly's Kathy Lynn Grossman observed about Teremi, quote, looking at 61-year-old Eccles' career, there's a constant thread. If she wasn't ready for something, she got ready, piling on more education and training and prayer, unquote. In fact, if it hadn't been for prayer, Teremi might never have even applied for the job of IVP publisher. Friends of mine had actually um, counseled me because I said, I told them that I wasn't going to apply for the, the role of the publisher, actually. Um, 
I didn't feel that that was necessarily my calling. And I said, you know, God called me here for this season to do the work that I've done with regard to the departments that I managed. And a friend of mine uh, actually said to me, Tammy, why don't you let, why don't you pray about it? One friend said, why don't you pray about it? And I said, no, because if I pray, I know what's going to happen. So I told her, I said, so no, I, I, I'm not going to pray. And then she said, she said to me, she says, you know, that's not how this works, right? But, you know, I say, God, when God calls you to, to a thing, he will prepare you because he asked me to do a number of things that I had no idea how to do in order to get to the place where I, had, where I ended up there. If God calls you to something, he will equip you for it, even in those moments when you say no. And I tell people um, that Peter and I have a lot in common because I usually say no three times and then finally do what God asked me to do. Along with her reliance on prayer, Taramie learned other gifts of perseverance and fortitude from being raised as a biracial child in a largely black neighborhood. Her unique ethnic heritage and her particular upbringing all helped to form her as the person who would ultimately be chosen to lead a publishing house with a distinct history and reputation for amplifying voices of color. My father is uh, African-American and my mom is Japanese. Um, now my dad's side, he's of course mixed with several other things. He's got a, a little bit of a Native American as well as some Italian in him. And But my mom is 100% pure Japanese. We grew up in a primarily African-American uh, neighborhood. Um, very accepting, but at the same time, we were very different in that um, we did have a, a Japanese mom. So it was a little bit of a challenge growing up. Uh, sometimes I had to fight my way home <laughs> from school, primarily because of uh, just being a uh, lighter skin versus being brown skin. My ethnic identity, by and large, as a whole, was actually formed by my mother, um, who's Japanese, although she was one who made me extremely proud of being a black woman and owning who I was and who I was in society and even some of the challenges that I would face. And she was the one that helped me lean into that and actually be able to express myself in a way of being proud of who I was as, as uh, in my position as an American. Before we get back to today's episode, I wanted to let you know about an amazing resource we have created over the course of this year, Get in the Word with Truth's Table, a daily podcast narrated by the popular hosts of the show Truth's Table, Dr. Christina Edmonton and Akemini Uwan. The podcast goes through the Bible in one year every day through chronological readings of the Old Testament, plus relevant passages from the New Testament and Psalms. And each day ends with inspiring and heartfelt prayers from Christina and Akemini. It is a great discipline to start in the new year if you want to listen to God's Word every day, read by two respected Black women. So check out Get in the Word with Truth Table wherever you get your podcasts. And now, back to today's story. Ask any person of color in evangelicalism who reaches any level of leadership what that experience is like, and they will tell you that there are additional burdens that come with being a barrier breaker. In Teremy's case, she had to weather both the challenges of being one of the few people of color at the top levels of Christian publishing, and also being one of the few women as well. And people of color who have had a chance to work with Teremy are aware of how rare it is to work under the executive leadership 
of a woman of color in Christian publishing. Here's Morgan Lee, Global Media Manager at CT. When I got to CT, I took Tarami's presence for granted as far as seeing her as a woman of color who was in a very high leadership role. She was our publisher when I had joined CT. After being at CT now for eight years, it's something that I have not taken for granted at all. After Tarami left, she was not replaced by someone else who was a woman, much less a woman of color. To have seen her in this position, to see a spot like this filled by a woman of color, to me now only highlights the dearth of representation that we've had at the highest levels in our company, and for that matter, all levels in our company. People of color call this dynamic the burden of representation. When there are few people of color who are occupying key positions in an organization, what happens to the handful that break through the ceiling is that they feel that mantle more heavily than another person might who hasn't had to break those barriers. And if you do break those barriers, you can't do so without thinking about all of those people who are relying on you to do well so that they can come behind you. In an evangelical publishing environment, you don't necessarily always see a woman in those positions, number one. So I, I feel the weight of that. And then I also feel the weight of being a, a woman of color, being a black woman in this role. There are very few of us. So I feel a level of responsibility, one of those things, you, you worry about the person behind you, the person that comes behind you. And I feel that I have to represent um, both, both in a way that Anyone that comes behind me will have opportunities that may not have existed otherwise, whether it's here or whether it's at another publishing house or and you know, or even in broader in broader organizations. That I feel that how I behave, how I manage myself, how I um, interact with individuals represents not just me, but it represents us as a whole. It can be overwhelming in some ways. I was actually speaking with someone uh, recently. And I realized the, the level of stress that I had, I had put on myself. And I sort of like started to tear up because I was thinking about managing the organization as a whole, handling all of the day-to-day pieces of it, and then also trying to think through what's the best way to lead an organization of our size. And, and then also the weight of thinking through, here I am, this woman of color, and I need to be thinking about that as well. And it was something that was, in that moment, it, it just, it overwhelmed me. But it, it also helped me to check myself. It's not all, it's not my burden to carry, that it belongs to God. It's not my burden to carry. And I needed to give it over to him. And I was trying to carry it in myself rather than giving it over to him. So I had to lay that at his feet versus me carrying it on my shoulders. It's another measure of the quality of Teremi's character and leadership that she doesn't feel she has to paint a false picture of her strength. But she can be forthright and honest about her leadership struggles. She is not afraid to say that her journey has not always been easy and that the pressures are real. I think most people who are in leadership will say that you find that in some ways leadership is lonely because there are times where there are things that 
you know, you're thinking about and only you can manage at the time, whether it's confidential or you just have ideas that are kind of rolling around in your head. That was something that was unexpected. I should have expected it, but I didn't. I didn't think about that. One of the things that I've also come across is that in order to make strategic change, there's more that needs to be considered than you can begin to imagine, whether it's people, places, emotions, history, just there's a lot. And when you have to steward an organization that's 75 years old, there's a lot of history that exists. That's a lot of great legacy that exists. And there's a pressure that you put on yourself. It's like, no one's put this pressure on me, but there's a pressure that I've put on myself that you can't get this wrong. Teremi is choosing to respond to the challenges before her with a bold vision and entrepreneurial energy. Dee Dee Wilson, the chief financial officer of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, says, quote, By selecting someone with Teremi's business savvy, we are making a clear statement. InterVarsity Press intends to invest in growth. Teremi's vision includes adapting to a changing consumer marketplace and fulfilling a desire to expand IVP's reach beyond its traditional English-speaking and U.S.-based audience. And she desires to create a flourishing organizational culture. My hope is, is that we don't lose sight of that we need to take care of ourselves as much as we, in the work that we do, that I think sometimes when we're serving, whether it's working a job or serving God, that we forget to take care of ourselves and our bodies will tell us that we need to stop. (laughs) And we just got through talking about that. Um, so self-care, number one, is is, is so important. The uh, Another thing that I hope to do is to expand IVP more into uh, audiences of color, um, not just creating books, but also actually developing relationship and serving them in a way that is meaningful to those churches and those ethnicities. How do we publish in ways that are meaningful to Asian churches, African-American churches, the Latino church? How do we serve them in a way that is unique and blesses them with what IVP can offer. And then the other thing is that I really would love is for us to bring authors in from other other countries in South Africa and Africa and um, Malaysia and all of the, any other countries they have. And some of the things that we're dealing with on a regular basis here in America are things that they are so far beyond. And I think there's a lot that those churches have to bring to the U.S. that we can actually learn from. And I would love to see us find ways to publish those individuals and bring that knowledge here. Even when we think we know so much that so many things, we've only begun to scratch the surface of what God is capable of doing and what he's capable of teaching us and where we can go in him. So those are the things that I'm, I hope to focus on in my, in, during my time here. In Teremi's career, from starting in Christian publishing more than two decades ago, she's been a witness to the slow pace of change, especially with regards to how white dominant the industry has been as a whole and in Christian publishing in particular. Although the pace can be a discouragement to some, Teremi can attest to the fact that the industry is changing over time and will continue to do so. When I first started in publishing, it's like 20, almost 25 years ago, uh, I would go to uh, meetings and it might be me, one other woman and I, 
than me at the meeting. There might be, if I was lucky, another person of color. Most of the time, there was I would be the only person of color in the room, and, and many times the only woman. That has, over the years, has started to change. It changed extremely slowly. It's been great to see that the change that's been taking place. It's been great to see some of the change that's been taking place within organizations as well, that they are looking for and hiring people of color. And there's concerted efforts around that. So that's been great to see. It's barely visible in the room, but it's coming. And I think uh, having more and more people aware of, of the need of it is actually what's driving some of it. The, you know, the idea that in order, uh, in order to reach different audiences, you can't just create a book and you just can't slap a person of color on the cover. That's not going to do it. That you really need to understand who they are as people, create relationship, and be invested long-term with those, with those communities. And some of that is starting to happen. It's happening slowly, even for our IVP. It's like we're in a place, too, that we're diving into that, and we're trying to we're trying to move that forward more aggressively than we have in the past. But I think other other organizations are trying to do that as well. So that's been wonderful to see. I hope you've enjoyed the story of Teremy Eccles and her road to becoming the president and publisher of IVP. Don't forget to visit ivypress.com to see all the amazing books and resources we have to offer the church as well as checking out Get in the Word with Truth's Table, a podcast that's a great way to start off the new year with a daily dose of scripture reading and prayer with Dr. Christina Edmonton and Akemini Uwan. Thanks everyone for listening to the Every Voice Now podcast brought to you by IVP. Our producers and hosts are Paloma Lee and Helen Lee. If you're enjoying our show, we would welcome your reviews and recommendations. You can also support our efforts financially at everyvoicenow.com. And we'd love to hear from you directly anytime. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at everyvoicenow or visit the site for show notes, transcripts, and more. And join us next time for another inspiring episode.